Welcome to the Beyond Transcripts podcast. I'm your host, Melody. And I'm your co-host, Holly. We have some exciting news to share with our listeners, Holly. Would you like to tell them? Yes, we are going to be rebranding our podcast. We're going to have a brand new name. We're going to be the Happy Homeschooler Podcast. And it's because of our listeners. We have had so many more listeners that we realize that we need to um, reach a wider audience. And changing our name will be part of that. It's uh, going to help us to be found more easily when people are searching for homeschooling podcasts. And our listeners have helped us to grow, and we want to make sure that our podcast is focused on things that will help them. So that's part of the, the new name that we're going into. I really like that. We're going to have a new look. We're going to be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even YouTube. We've been busy working on this, and we can't wait. We're hoping it'll all be launched by next month, July or maybe August, but we're really excited, and we hope you'll check back to see what we've been doing. We are super excited about that. But let's get into today's topic, which is um, managing homeschool stress, how to deal with homeschool stress. Oh, man. Yes. Um, Homeschooling is wonderful, and homeschooling is stressful. Um, And some stress is good and some stress is bad. But I know that for me, um, I have certain areas where the homeschool stress comes into play. And so I think um, I think most people will have those same areas. Uh, I know you and I have talked about the stresses of homeschooling. I think the first one that um, always weighed on me was being so responsible for my children's education. That is something that concerns a lot of people. Some people wonder if they're up to the task. Uh, some people feel like they didn't get a strong education themselves and they're not sure if they can, you know, give their child a stronger education than they got. Mm -hmm. And what do you say to them when they ask you that? Well, you know, I think that especially if you're using a curriculum, it's already set up for the success of educating your child. It's planned for their age group. So if you have a second grader and you buy second grade materials, you're going to give them a second grade education. And I know a lot of people, and I know I was worried about that, was if I was giving my child the things they needed to learn at the appropriate ages. And I'm not an educator like you. Unlike you, I didn't go to college and and get a degree. So I was really concerned about that. So I think that um, looking for materials that are age or grade appropriate is a very good step to making sure you're touching all the bases that your child should be um, having in their education. Oh, I totally agree. Someone has done the work. If you buy curriculum for your child's grade level, someone has already done the work to incorporate everything they need to know at that age. Now, you're free to do a little bit more or to tailor it to your family's interests, but all the basics are covered. And um, that's one of the reasons I usually recommend a new homeschooler go with a box curriculum or something that's already planned and integrated and uh, that way you know how much is enough. If you have tests, they're already in there. Um, you don't overdo it because you can stress yourself out trying to oh. do too much. Yes, yes. I, I know some parents and I think, oh, my goodness, you just need to dial it down a little bit where they have their child out doing so many extracurricular activities and they have this rigorous um, course of study 
Uh, and then the child's like eight or nine, and then the parents are saying, they don't want to do their schoolwork. Well, that's because you've got them overburdened. Less really is more, I feel, in the younger grades, and I think that helps you to manage your stress as well. There's no point in signing your young child up for a whole bunch of activities, and then you're dragging them around, and they're unhappy, and you're unhappy, and nobody's liking what you're doing. So I think primarily, you know, picking a uh, curriculum that's age-appropriate, so that you are sure you're touching all the bases and no, not letting yourself get overwhelmed with too many activities is really a good plan to avoid the stress of wondering if you are educating your child properly. If they can't read and they can't do basic math and they don't have good penmanship, all those other extras are really not going to benefit them. Yeah, That's my opinion. Those, at least. Come, those come later. And um, not too long ago, a lot of people would talk about margin in our lives and trying not to fill your life with too many things and giving yourself some margin. And our children need that, too. Your brain needs a break. You need some time to daydream. You need some time to do some creative activities, to play outside, um, just to think your own thoughts. So it's important to have your curriculum all ready for you, but... You don't have to do. You don't have to do more. I had a friend once who was trying to uh, mesh together two big unit study curriculum, and she was going to try to figure out a way to do them both, oh, which was goodness. a good recipe for you know burnout. So we had a chat. She figured out which one she liked the most and just picked one. Right. I, I think we put that stress on ourselves because we. We feel like we have to prove to everybody in our lives that this choice that we made to homeschool our children was a good choice. And we, um, I know that sometimes when we would get together with, with people who weren't homeschoolers, family members, they would ask my children things as if to prove that they were learning something. Yes. And, and I think as homeschoolers, we all feel that heavy burden on ourselves to really give our kids a good education. So, yeah, I think that that's, um, that's really a problem for us as homeschoolers that we add to our own stress in the topics of school. Another thing that I want to um, encourage people about is that your kids are learning things even when you're not teaching them. Oh, yes. And I discovered this because of being um, insecure about my homeschooling. I sent my two older kids to take a standardized test when they were in third and fifth grade. And the really interesting thing was when they got the results back, it showed exactly what I thought about their educational abilities, which gave me more confidence as an educator. But it also showed that they had learned things I hadn't taught them, like stuff about geography and things about some science topics that we hadn't delved into. But they had learned those things by watching TV or having conversations or, or reading books that we had gotten out from the library. So you don't have to stress yourself out so much. Your kids are naturally going to want to learn, isn't it? Oh, Was absolutely. that your experience? Yes, and then we're also learning how to learn so that they, we went, we took regular trips to the library and brought home great big stacks of books, which they read on their own. They learned all kinds of things that we hadn't studied yet or we were going to study later. But if they were interested in something, they started learning more more than the minimum, more exactly. than the basics. Exactly, yeah. If somebody's interested, um, they'll take a topic and run with it, and then that's much better than force-feeding them information. Because that is, is definitely not what I want to do as a homeschooler. Well, and then I learned to take those things that they're the most interested in and use them like, you know, the engine to a train or the locomotive and hook on your activities to that motivation. And so they're studying about, well, I had a child who was all about snakes, Oh. I wasn't really, uh, it wasn't my idea to have your pet snakes in the house, <laughs> yeah. 
But my son was fascinated by snakes, and so he, um, I let him write articles, not articles, uh, reports. Oh, reports, Write sure. reports about snakes, learn how to research by looking up things about snakes. Um, we did have snakes in the house. I just had to have a really secure oh, you lid. Were, you were so much braver than I. I said no snakes. I never let snakes him have a snake in the, in the house. Snakes, lizards, all kinds of creatures. And so I just jumped off that motivation. It was a really fun summer and a fun way to um, learn lots of things. We all learned a lot of things. And one of the snakes got away, but that one was outside, so that was okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like, I'm, oh, no. We I don't know. We had hamsters that got away, but no snakes. We had hamsters oh. that got away, too. But, oh, my um, goodness. All That's... kinds of creatures, but that is stressful. I would not want to have a snake in my house. I saw, we we were gardening recently, and we found a snake in the backyard, in the garden. And we found out he was a Texas brown snake. And I said to my son, and he is happy where he is, oh, and that's where he's going to that's stay. That's a good place for him to be. Yes. Yes. So that is the one aspect of the, the educational aspect of homeschooling that does cause stress for some people. But other things that can stress moms out are... Just things like home management or family relationships. Right. And any parent that's um, doing the homeschooling. I had a really good friend um, whose name was Paul, and he did the homeschooling. And he loved to cook. His wife wasn't, um, you know, into any of those things. Um, we have all kinds of people homeschooling. And so uh, whoever is the main educator usually seems to have the weight of the world on their shoulders um, we have, I know a lot of single parents right now are homeschooling and they have to do everything. They've got to, you know, do the school lunch program, earn the income, mm-hmm. do the teaching. So yeah, it's, there's a lot going on and people, people take that on to their own selves and you have to learn how to give yourself a break and, and let yourself off that hook, I think. And it takes some years to do that. I know I didn't really start to relax about my homeschooling till probably about the third or fourth year in, around the time I had my kids tested. And then I realized, oh, you know what? I am not doing a bad job at this. Right. And I really can't mess it up unless I try to mess it up. And I think that's the other thing is that if you're feeling really stressed about what you're doing and you think that um, it's all on you, as long as you are making a really good faith effort and you have a good relationship with your kids and you're working with them on their interests, you're going to do a good job. The only way you're going to do a bad job is if you really try hard to do a bad job, in my opinion. I think you'd have to try really hard because once they get a taste of learning and it's exciting, they just go. They really do. You just don't want to, you know, try Yeah, don't squelch that learning. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and it's okay to get off the lesson plan every so often. That's the other thing is um, I know people who... They have the lesson plan, you know, you've got the the scope and sequence of the curriculum and you look out the window and there's an interesting bird and your kid's like, I want to go out and see the bird. And you're like, we have to finish the math paper. Go look at the bird. That math paper Mm -hmm. isn't going anywhere. And so that's another way that I think people stress themselves out with is that they are, they're so uh, laser focused on, it says to do this thing that they might not see some really great experiences just outside the window or like we took um we took some time off in the middle of the day to go see um an old locomotive that was going through town a few months ago um, we had to go up to uh where did we go oh we went to uh luling 
there was this steam train going through. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, so I saw it and I said to my husband, let's go see the steam train. You know, we learned more about trains that day than we would have had we read a book. So it's okay to go off the lesson plan. And in fact, it's even encouraged because you don't want to miss those opportunities. Right. They're rich learning activities. They are. Mm -hmm. And fun. And when things are fun, you want to do more of them. That's exactly right. So you want learning to be fun. Um, sometimes I think that, like you said in the beginning, um, not all stress is bad. Because I know looking out, and we planted some trees. And a little bit of wind or bad weather, you know, is making that tree grow stronger roots and stronger limbs. And so if you can use stress as a way to motivate you to um, study something that you feel un unfamiliar with or realize that it's just making you, you're working a little bit harder, you're getting a little bit better at something. As long as you're not stressed out. Right. Stress is not necessarily a right. terrible thing. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And also, sometimes your kids exhibit signs of stress, and that can be an indication to you to dial it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if your kids are stressed out um, and you're making everything a school activity, and I think I'm... I think I may have talked about this before, but um, one time my child asked me to spell a word, and I told her to go look it up, and she said, can't you just be my mom and spell the word? You know, sometimes you just have to remember you're mainly a parent who is educating their children. You're mm -hmm. not a teacher who's got kids at their house. Right. You know, it's a little different. Like, you don't want to bring the whole experience of school into your house. You just want to create a rich educational environment for your children. That's right. Be a home school and not a school home. Right. Not school at home. Right. Which Be we've seen home. people with all the um, school closures who had to teach their children at home how stressful it was for them. And that's a totally different experience than what we're talking about, which is You've decided to educate your child at home, and you're creating a home school, a mm -hmm. home education environment that's of your own choosing, right. and, and that's totally different. A learning situation. lifestyle. A learning lifestyle. That is that's perfect. what you're doing. A learning lifestyle. What are some signs that children give you that they're feeling stressed? Oh yeah. Well, um, you know, I think they just don't want to cooperate, or they're cranky. Um, they're crying, you know, mm -hmm. those kinds of things are uh, signs that they have some kind of stress. And, um, you know, if, if something's not going well, you definitely have to figure out why. And, and that when kids are unhappy, that can cause you some stress too. That kind of goes into relationships. Um, it does. part of the stress of a homeschooling lifestyle is that you have to remember how to, Keep your relationships with your children, with your partner if you have one, with your family that's not homeschooling. Um, sometimes it can be stress in those areas. That's true. And because you're spending so much time with people one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. all the time, uh, you, you get lots of opportunities to learn how to um, diffuse an argument, <laughs> how to get along, how to share, how to cooperate, uh, how to work out. A difficulty. Right, to consider others. Yeah, we have uh, we have someone, um, my son that lives with us. So I have a seven-year-old, and then my um, middle son lives with us. He is an adult, and he has a full-time job. Sometimes he's sleeping during the day, and we have to consider that mm -hmm. we can't just do what we want to do because he's sleeping. So we have to, you know, uh, modify our homeschool activities 
and uh, try to do more quiet activities when he's asleep. But yeah, just relationships in general can be stressful, but then when you add another layer on top of it of education, <clears throat> getting things done, um, you know, on your lesson plan, taking field trips, um, yeah, you can get stressed out or just making time for your partner. Because at the end of the day, you know, you might be brain fried from talking to little people. You still have to make time to be a good partner or a good spouse. Mm -hmm. And so you might, what you really might want to do is lay on the couch and watch Netflix. But what you probably need to do is, you know, build your relationship. Right. So that can be stressful. That can be. I know one of the things that we, we learned was to consider uh, personality traits and figure out what each person needed to feel replenished, what was rejuvenating to them and find a way to communicate those needs to each other and consider those kind of things uh, for the children and for, you know, for my husband. Those are some good things to think about, avoiding stress and finding ways to manage it in your home. Uh, we're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor, and then when we return, we'll talk some more about managing homeschool stress, routines you can put in place to make things easier. Our podcast today is sponsored by Transcript Maker. It's an online app that allows you to create professional high school transcripts in the comfort of your own home. So today we've been talking about homeschool stress. And for most parents of high schoolers, creating transcripts is very stressful. What was your experience with that, Melody? Mine, well, with my first child, I waited till the last minute. I, for, it didn't even occur to me to start preparing a transcript when he started high school. I kept good records, and I think I just thought when the time came, I would pull it in. But I found that to be fairly difficult because I did not know all the things I needed to know to pull it together and make it look professional. You know what's great about Transcript Maker? It has the suggestion in the template of topics, subjects, and things like that. So that kind of helps you um, when you're putting together a transcript. It reduces the stress that high school parents have. Forget about calculating GPA yourself. This app does it for you. And you can get a 14-day free trial at www.transcriptmaker.com. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Let's get back to our discussion on how to deal with homeschool stress. I mentioned we would, could talk about routines that you put in place to reduce stress in your household. What kind of things did you do? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, routines saved my life because I think one of the problems that we have is if we just like to fly by the seat of our pants, <laughs> yeah. that kind of creates a lot of stress because you get up in the morning and you don't know what's going to happen. So when I started homeschooling, we had a certain routine. In the morning, the kids had chores while I made breakfast. Um, I had five kids at that time, and so I wasn't opening a box of cereal to feed them. I actually had to make a breakfast. Otherwise, we, you know, we would have run out of money just on breakfast alone. So right. while I was making breakfast, all the kids had chores. They had to get dressed. They had to do their little chores. And then we all sat down and had breakfast together. And then we were ready to start school. And then um, I had certain other routines like, so, um, you know, it wasn't a homeschool thing, but it was a household management thing. I started watering my plants on Wednesdays and it seems really silly to say, oh, I have to have a certain day of the week to water my plants. But if I, you know, water begins with a W and Wednesday mm -hmm. begins with a W. So I called it water Wednesdays and my plants thrived on that small routine, but it, you can use those kinds of things for every part of your life. And if your household things are running smoothly, your homeschool things will run more smoothly. What, what did you do um, to that, help you? Oh, that's absolutely. We um, 
very similar. The kids had things to do in the morning while I was fixing breakfast. I wanted them to be finished with all the things they needed to do in their room so that I wouldn't lose anyone after breakfast. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I Yes, I, I'm still battling that with, with my son. Um, he'll say, can I just go down to my room for a minute? And I'll, I'll say, sure. And then I'll be like, hey. 30 minutes later, yeah. <laughs> we have things to do. <laughs> right, and what we did. So that way we could transition. After breakfast, we do school. We actually had a few chores to do, but then school was, you know, right up in there. Mm-hmm. And some of the kiddos, like I started school with the younger ones right after breakfast. The older ones could hang out the laundry. That or... is a great point, and I just want to capitalize on that. So if you have younger students and you fill their bucket by giving them attention first, mm-hmm. the rest of your day will go a lot better for sure. Absolutely. That way, you've, you've, their attention span, they're fresh, they're well-rested at the beginning of the day, hopefully, <laughs> and they're fed. So that's a good time to do school with them. And then their, their lessons don't take very long, and they can go and play, supervised mm-hmm. play or mm-hmm. independent play. But we did a lot of that kind of thing, and we had that structure for the day. Everybody knew what they were supposed to be doing when. That was the way I knew that if, for example, I was preparing breakfast and realized that the refrigerator needed some attention, I knew that on Tuesday, that was my kitchen day, I would take care of it then and I didn't have to figure out, oh my goodness, or drop everything and do it right then because I knew there was a a place in the week for that activity. That whole idea of block scheduling, we've talked about that before. Another thing that we did to reduce stress was meal plan. Oh yes, that that, wasting brain power at the end of the day trying to decide what to feed people is so stressful. And you can't think what you want to eat when you're hungry because you're not well, you're hungry and everything sounds good. So there was always a day in the week, a planning day. I would plan the menus. I would do the lesson planning. Um, we had that built in. And I I had one lady once tell me she there was no way she could meal plan. That wouldn't possibly work for her. And so because she was having a hard time grasping that idea, in case there's anyone else who hasn't had meal planning as part of your routine, I suggested that she just write on the calendar what they ate every night. And after about a month, she basically had a meal plan. Well, that is for the next month. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's brilliant! And it worked for her. So it was one way, one less thing to do. It's like as many things as I can make into a routine where I don't have to figure it out all over again. Right. That's what I try. That takes a lot of brain power to constantly have to think about what to do. Yeah, I had. a day of the week when I did the vacuuming, a day of the week when I tried to do the laundry. Although when with five kids, you kind of have oh, laundry, laundry all the time. But we had a category of laundry that we did every day. Oh, okay. Well, and that makes sense. We file I filed on Friday and filed on, watered oh, on Wednesday. Filing is smart. I should start <laughs> filing on Friday. <laughs> yeah, the mail piles up, the stack of mail. And mm-hmm. also, you know, throw away the junk mail and oh, keep yeah. the good stuff. And Yeah, good routines definitely reduce stress. Um and you you know everybody's routines are going to be different you don't do a routine that your best friend does i i find people all the time i I remember hearing a story where someone said they heard they heard a story where this lady was like it's super important to get your bedroom all nice and beautiful when you move into a house and you know and and that'll make your spouse happy and then she was so stressed out about trying to get the bedroom all decorated and her spouse said well that doesn't matter to me at all she was trying to fulfill somebody else's idea Mm -hmm. like Figure out what works for your family and tap into your family's natural routines. If y'all are uh, people who stay up late, don't try to wake everybody up at 7 a.m. That's not going to work. So tap into what works for the rhythm of your family. 
And then, you know, you won't have as much stress if your routines make more sense to the rhythm of what you do. That's true. And like you mentioned, figure out the figure out the things that stress you mm-hmm. and take care of those things. I had a friend who learned that what stressed her mate out when he returned was the front porch. Oh, but she porch. never saw because she was in the backyard and in oh, the house. Sure. And at some point she realized if the kids just got their toys off the front porch... He felt so much better about getting home, and it mm-hmm. would, only took her about five minutes, mm-hmm. the kids, to get put things away. And it's good. Uh, talk about a routine. It's good to train children to clean up after themselves. Oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because they, they grow up to be partners who annoy their partners. Um, my husband and I, when we were first starting out, um, I kept saying, I, I don't want to trip over your shoes. Please pick up this. Please pick up that. His mom had not taught him. So um, teaching kids to pick up after themselves and to consider others with whom they live, that is a very important part of life. And if you have that as a routine, it becomes something they don't push back against. So when you say, just the way at 5 o'clock, are. we clean up. That's what I used to do. I would, um, I would say, at 5 o'clock, kid house is over. All y'all take your stuff and put it away. Mm-hmm. This is grown-up house now. So we had kid house all day long while my husband was away um, earning the income that allowed me to stay home and homeschool. At that time, and um, so the kids could have the house all day long, but then 5 o'clock, bing, bing, we had to return it back to a house that adults live in. A family house, right. Mm -hmm. We had five-minute pickups throughout the day, or before a meal, we would have five-minute pickups. Mm Mm-hmm. And that way, the house didn't go too long. Right, it doesn't have a chance to get too badly out of order. <laughs> Back in order, especially when I had a lot of little ones, and we had toys and buckets by categories, and so they could put those things back. And it was also just a thing that I learned to to check: Are you still playing with that? Are you mm-hmm. finished with that? Mm-hmm. What about these shoes? You know, is this? Are you going to return to this? Are you finished with this? Right. Just to help them learn to um, clean up after themselves, just as a habit. Right. Right. And what you said about we had buckets and certain things went into that. I just want to tell everybody who's listening. So learning how to organize things by types is actually a mathematical skill. So if you need to take a day off school to clean up your house and sort your laundry and fold your laundry and put it away, you are actually teaching mathematical skills. Oh, that's so right. don't feel bad if you need to take what I like to call a teacher workday mm-hmm. and get some stuff done around the house if things have gotten out of order. Um, that also will help to reduce your stress. If you just take that day off, you'll catch back up real easy. It's not it's not going to hurt anybody to take a day off here and there. No, it doesn't hurt. And then it's easier to find things. Uh, that was always, oh, yes. don't waste time or be stressed out finding things if they learn to put them where they go. And that everything goes for, has a place. for us as adults. Um, Absolutely. If we are not good at managing our materials, and um, we're going to lose our students' interest because we're too busy fiddling around trying to find things. One of the best things I did, and it, oh my gosh, it did help reduce a lot of stress, was getting some of those plastic organizer um, caddies and those little, uh, the ones with little, little drawers, drawers. And yes, I labeled them. those. Mm-hmm. Labels. And, I'm the label maker queen. I love oh, having yeah. all my things labeled because that way everybody knew. Exactly. Even Nobody, the company or the, you know, guests. Right. If it says crayons, that's where they, that's go. Where they go. And then the nice thing about a lot of those too is you can pull that drawer out and take it to the table. Mm-hmm. You can use those materials and then put them back in and go put it away. And it's relatively painless for everybody. But, yeah, if you if you don't have good routines and good organization, stress will eat your lunch for sure. <laughs> That's the truth. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, another thing I'd like to mention is to remember your goals and your oh, expectations. Yes. Because sometimes I think that we stress ourselves out or we create stress by 
setting unreasonable expectations. Um, That's true. Well, actually, and, and to go even before that is set some goals. Well, yes. if we don't have an idea of where we want to end up, we don't have any way to get there. And that does definitely create stress. Uh, well, so. then you often, if you don't know what your goal is, you may spend time doing something that doesn't head you in the direction you want to go. Right. So if you know what your end result, what you hope to achieve, you can pick your activities to help get you there and not things that are going to pull you away or send you off in a different direction that wasn't what you intended. Yes. Definitely, yes. The goals is a really good idea. So what did you do um, to help yourself in that respect? Like, how did you come up with some goals? For Was it homeschool goals or overall family goals? Or did you have goals oh, in all those areas? I had goals in several areas. Every year there was, um, well, the homeschool goals. So I would figure out what was the one thing for each child that they really need to, if we don't get anything else done this year, what is the one most important thing that this child is working on? So for somebody, it might be, oh, I don't know, learning how to hold a pencil without causing stress all over their arm. You know, you mm -hmm. get those funny pencil grips. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. And how, and maybe handwriting we would work on for somebody. Or maybe somebody needed to work on using kind words. Mm -hmm. We worked on that a lot. Mm -hmm. And for some of them, it might have been like if somebody was in the middle of potty training. That was the one thing that we were going to focus on. And right. so that way, when there were other things going on, especially... You know, if you're at a book fair or at a bookstore and you see a great book, it's like, you know, that's not really what I'm focused on right now. That's great. I'll come back to that another time. Mm -hmm. But right now I'm working on this other, I don't know, it could be a character goal. We had character goals and sure. personal care goals like brushing your teeth is something you need to learn to do and or brushing your hair or making up your bed or mm -hmm. whatever the, the thing was that we were working right. on. Right. So you set your goals at the beginning of the, the school year, and then you uh, whatever you do, you're making sure that you're working in the direction of those goals. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if you don't know where you're going and you don't have a plan to get there, you are going to be stressed out. I know that uh, nowadays when we have our GPS on our phone mm -hmm. and it tells us how to get to places, that is a lot less stressful than when you'd I have to like point. write a note or something. So yeah, having a goal and a, and a map and a plan is definitely going to make your homeschooling experience much less stressful. Much less. And you can, then you can enjoy it. You can be happy. That's right. Then you yeah. can pick the outside activities that go along with your goals, or you can decide that those aren't the best thing for you today and do it another time. Right. Right. It helps to still things down. Well, I hope that we have really gotten some good points for people to consider. And normally, in this time of the podcast, we answer some questions. And today, we have a question uh, that everybody is asking, or it seems like everybody is asking. And it has to do with the situation we're all in because of COVID-19. People are saying, you know, because of COVID-19, I'm thinking about homeschooling. I've never thought about homeschooling before. I never felt like I was a person who was in the group of people that homeschool. And what would you say about that, Melody? I would say that homeschooling is for everyone. Anyone can homeschool. Anyone who wants the best education for their children or who um, maybe your child is struggling with something and you see that they need a different environment or maybe they have a developmental problem and they just need more more focus on one area than homeschooling can be for you. I agree. I, I know so many different people who are homeschooling, people who use curriculum, people who don't use curriculum, 
people who are traveling, people who have a hard time getting around. I mean, homeschooling can fill the bill for anybody. You just have to have a desire to do it. And that doesn't mean you're going to do everything perfectly. It just means that you have decided this is the area you're going to go. And then it seems like once you make that decision, all of a sudden, all sorts of things come into your world that help support you in your decision to homeschool. You'll you'll start noticing homeschooling um, forums or you'll find a homeschool group or you'll meet someone who's a homeschooler when you go to the library. It just, once you make that decision, it just seems to, the whole world will come up and try to help you to it's like your eyes to succeed are open. in your goal. Yes, ma'am. And then you notice all those family groups here and there, you know. Um, Start seeing people out in the middle of the day and you say, hey, are you a homeschooler? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I know and, we get uh, asked that um, if we're out in the middle of the day. Oh, do you homeschool? Yes, we homeschool. Oh, you know, and then it opens mm-hmm. a conversation. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think you also start realizing that the things that you're doing anyway are educational. That's true. Yes, I think that a lot of times when we're in the public school mindset, we have this idea that school occurs somewhere else. Somewhere else, yeah. But, you know, learning occurs everywhere, and you don't have to be a professional educator to facilitate a great education for your child. So, yeah, you can do it, and the resources are there for you. So, Melody, you brought up earlier in the podcast learning lifestyle, and that's exactly what homeschooling is. It's a learning lifestyle that's available to everyone. It is. It really is. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm Melody. I'm Holly. Happy homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Urbach. Thank you for listening to Beyond Transcripts, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Melody Gillum. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our music is by the great Pangolin. You can find her music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. Okay. Like, what going to lead it? us back into it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to lead us into it because I'm, I'm the host. Who's the host of this? Melody. No, I am. Okay. okay. I'm like, we're going to start talking about a new topic. <laughs> we all know what we're doing. Bad deal. Oh, man.